Hey, and welcome back to the Emotional Eating Therapist Show. I recently put out a request for episode topics because I want to make sure I'm covering the things you want to know about. Today's episode is in response to that request. A podcast listener and member of Feeding Confidence said, I would like to know how to respond or react before and after situations that might be called emotional eating. Is emotional eating a binge? What is an emotionally and physically healthy response to emotional eating? If you've ever eaten your feelings and then felt worse about yourself, keep listening. I'm going to guide you through what to do before and after an emotional eating episode, discuss why emotional eating may or may not be considered a binge, and what a healthy response to emotional eating might look like. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Emotional Eating Therapist Show. I'm your host, Sabrina Rogers, licensed mental health counselor, intuitive eating and body image expert, and recovering perfectionist. After healing my own disordered eating and body image issues, I'm helping women let go the guilt and shame around eating, feel at peace around food, and befriend the image they see in the mirror. In this podcast, we chat about all things food, body, and mental health so that you can stop dieting, let go of perfectionism, and finally feel confident in all areas of your life. If you want to connect with me on social media, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Sabrina Rogers LMHC. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. This helps other women find and learn about the podcast so they too can change their relationship with food and body. Let's get ready to stay off the diet roller coaster and live healthily ever after. Longtime listeners can probably guess how I'm going to start off this show. And if this is your first time listening or you're relatively new to the show, this might surprise you. Emotional eating is not a bad thing. It's your thoughts, beliefs, and perspectives about emotional eating that have you viewing it in a bad light. So often, we usually equate emotional eating with feeling bad or negative emotions, such as anger, stress, sadness, loneliness, boredom. You might believe emotional eating is bad because your emotions are bad, and therefore eating to soothe these emotions is a bad thing. And I completely understand where this perspective comes from. As a child, you were likely taught that it was okay or good to feel some things, like happiness, joy, love, and that it was wrong to feel other emotions like anger, jealousy, sadness. And then as you grew up, your brain kept looking for and finding things that proved this theory. In the counseling world, that's called confirmation bias. So here I come, this random lady on the internet, the emotional eating therapist, and I'm saying something completely different. So it's completely natural to be questioning this and or be confused. But stick with me, friend. Over the years, you have really solidified your belief that emotions are good or bad. You've also likely learned that foods are good or bad. And it just so happens that when you're feeling bad, you tend to gravitate towards the bad foods, right? Which proves to your brain that you can't have these foods around and you can't be trusted around these foods. And while your brain may have convinced you of this, that doesn't mean that it's true. My first piece of advice when it comes to emotional eating and what to do about it is to begin with removing judgment from emotions. 
What do I mean by this? Let's stop labeling emotions as good or bad, positive or negative. They are just emotions. Emotions, let's think of it this way. Emotions are messages from your body. They're trying to tell you something. Unfortunately, we've been taught to not listen to them, to avoid feeling them, to not experience them. And so what do they do? Well, just like Stewie from The Family Guy who drove his mama crazy, mom, 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 your emotions do the same thing. If you're not paying attention to them, if you're not allowing them to be experienced fully, they're going to keep showing up and they're going to get louder and louder and they're going to do more outrageous shit to get your attention and to let you feel. That's why, you know, I'm thinking of grief uh, because we're coming off of the anniversary of, well, not the anniversary, my mom's birthday. Uh, and for those of you that haven't listened to that episode um, or haven't heard this story, my mom passed away um, 11 years ago, 11 and a half years ago, almost 12. And my father passed away a few months before that. So we're almost to 12 years for dad. Um, grief has this way of showing up sometimes when you least expect it. And if you're not allowing yourself to fully feel the emotions of sadness, of anger, of disappointment, of grief in and of itself, let's say you have to shove it down because you have to go to work. And so you prevent yourself from crying all day. But then as soon as you leave the office... As soon as you get in your car or as soon as you lay down in bed and the world is quiet, that grief comes back louder and more intense than ever because you have shoved it down for so long and it wants to be felt. We can replace grief with any other emotion. If you avoid feeling it, it's going to keep coming around louder more annoying, more intense, as if you had just let yourself experience the emotion. Now we can dive deeper into this and we have within the Feeding Confidence membership this month where we're focusing all about emotions and feeling them and that being okay. So if you're interested in that, there's a link in the show notes. You can go check it out um, or as always, send me a message. On that note, as a emotions being messages from your body. You are not your emotions. Just like you are not your thoughts and you are not your feelings, you feel your emotions. You are not your emotions. I hope that's making sense. When we remove the judgment from emotions, when we stop labeling emotions as good, bad, positive, negative, and we just view them as things that are and things that happen, it makes them less scary to feel. No longer are you afraid of feeling sad because it's just a thing. 
you just feel sad sometimes. That's a completely normal human experience. No longer do you feel horrible about yourself for feeling anger towards yourself or someone else. Because anger isn't a bad emotion. In fact, no emotion is a bad emotion. I think, do you remember the movie Inside Out? Uh, It's older now, uh, but it is a really good way of looking at emotions and helping to remove that judgment piece behind them. Because when we can take out that judgment, like I said, we're going to be more comfortable feeling whatever comes up, which means it's not going to last as long and it's not going to be as intense. I know that sounds crazy, but trust me. My second biggest piece of advice is to remove the judgment from yourself. Sure, removing judgment from your emotions means you're less likely to eat beyond your comfort level the next time you emotionally eat because you don't need to cope with it as much. And when you stop judging yourself, you also lessen the chance that you're going to continue eating past your comfort level. Because again, you aren't having to eat in response to this stressor. Why is this so important? Well, in part, because I really want you to be nicer to yourself. (laughs) You're pretty awesome. Even if you can't see that right now. And when we continually think negatively about ourselves, when you continue to beat yourself up, you're creating more and more stress. And your body, your brain doesn't know the difference between a real or an imaginary threat. So you're walking around all day long beating yourself up and all your body and brain can think is that there is some lion stalking you and about to pounce at any moment. Now, logically, we know that's not true, but your body doesn't know that's not true. And when you're constantly in this stress response, your digestion slows down because all of your resources in your body are going to being able to make your muscles go so that you can get away from this perceived threat, which is yourself. You're not getting away from yourself. Sorry. But it's constantly perpetuating that, which means the resources that would go to digesting any food that you have eaten are gone, which means your digestion slows down, which means you aren't getting the proper nutrients from the food. You're not using the calories as optimally as you could. So when we stop beating ourselves up, we can improve our digestion. Just as simple as that. I also really want to encourage you to accept that emotional eating is a valid coping mechanism and give yourself grace. So let's pretend you've just had an emotional eating episode. It was a long day. You're exhausted, both mentally and physically. You feel stressed and you find yourself sitting with a nearly empty pint of Ben and Jerry's, a bag of barbecue chips, or surrounded by candy wrappers. This is normally where the negative thoughts would get louder and louder, meaner and meaner, reminding yourself that you're worthless, cannot control yourself, blah, blah, blah. This is where I'm going to stop you, friend, and encourage you to stop yourself. As soon as you notice that negative barrage of thoughts beginning, 
put a stop to it by saying something like, okay, I just ate my feelings. (sighs) Sabrina says this is no big deal. And maybe it isn't that big of a deal. I was feeling stressed and I used one of my coping strategies, eating. That doesn't make me a bad person. That doesn't make me worthless. It makes me human. So I'm going to be gentle with myself, thank myself for coping the best way possible at this time, and I'm going to let it go. Repeat this phrase or something like it each time those negative thoughts about emotional eating return. And sooner or later, depending on how ingrained this thought pattern is, those negative thoughts are going to be quiet. They're going to go away. And poof, they're gone. And you don't have them anymore. Now I start with those two suggestions. Because as you start out, it's easier to recognize an emotional eating episode after the fact. So often we get upset with ourselves because we can't stop the behavior before it starts. But we first need to be aware of when it's happening, what else is going on, so that we can be a little bit more proactive of stopping it before it gets to that point again. And you're just starting to become aware there are other options and it would be way too difficult and honestly wouldn't last if we started trying to do away with emotional eating entirely. Plus, you know me, I don't think emotional eating is a bad thing that we should never do. In fact, it's the first coping tool we learn. Think about when you've been around a baby. And I know we can't like cognitively remember what it was like when we were a baby, but we all come out red-faced, screaming, ooey-gooey, crying. And one of the first things that we're given is either a boob, a bottle, or some sort of pacifier. We are taught from day one the moment of birth, that eating, having things in our mouth, nourishment is comforting. Somewhere along the way, around two or three, that changes and now emotional eating is a bad thing and we should never ever do it. Nope, we're going to stop that thought. By trying to never eat for emotional reasons, you're setting yourself up for failure and I'm not okay with that. So friend to friend, can you begin to believe that all eating is emotional eating and that's okay? Now on the same sort of vein and answering part of the other question here is are emotional eating and binge eating the same thing? Well, that depends. An emotional eating episode can definitely turn into a binge when you aren't mindful and present or when the intent is to eat so much past your comfort level as a way to punish for yourself. The two aren't mutually exclusive though. Emotional eating isn't always binge eating. However, binge eating is always emotional eating in part because remember, all eating is emotional. If you want more details on emotional eating, binge eating, and overeating, please check out episode two 
and I'll put a link to it in the show notes just so that it's easy for you to find and you don't have to scroll. So let's do a recap before moving on. My two biggest pieces of advice with emotional eating are let go of viewing emotions as good or bad. Remember, they just are. And two, let go of self-judgment. All eating is emotional eating. Now back to that awareness piece. Once you become aware of when emotional eating is happening, as in you're feeling an intense emotion and looking for a way to soothe, you'll be able to catch yourself before the emotional eating episode takes place. And this friend is gold. I've said it a million times already, and I'm going to keep saying it. Emotional eating is not a bad thing. It's a valid coping tool. It gets a bad rap because we tend to mindlessly eat when we're feeling intense emotions, which often leads to eating past your comfort level and then cue the stinking thinking. When you become aware of when you want to use food to cope, you take your power back. Emotional eating is a valid coping tool, especially when you actively choose to use food to cope in a mindful way. I've created a flowchart slash decision tree for you to use in these situations. You can find a link to it in the show notes. So if you haven't already done that, go grab that, pause me, pull it up on your phone, print it out, whatever you need to do. Do that now so that you can kind of follow along. Otherwise, if you have your hands in the dishwater, if you're driving, just keep listening, friend. Keep yourself safe. You know what's best for you. The next time you find yourself wanting to emotionally eat, pull out this chart. The very first question to ask yourself is, am I hungry? If the answer is yes, then eat. Whenever you ask yourself that question, am I hungry? Whenever the answer is yes, I am hungry. The solution is always to eat. It's that simple, friend. So, am I hungry? No. Okay, you've checked in with yourself. Your body says, nope, I'm not really feeling hungry. No hunger pangs. No hints at any type of hunger physically. Okay, now we're looking at more of an emotional hunger. What am I hoping food will do for me? And what am I feeling? And I've broke this down into four broader categories. We could definitely take this further, but I wanted to make sure it fit on one page and didn't overwhelm you. So if you are looking for something to do, as in you're bored, are you wanting to numb out your feelings? Are you feeling too much? Is it intense? Is it anger? Is it stress? Are you looking to numb out or avoid feeling? Are you looking to feel something? Are you looking to shift what you're feeling? Maybe you're feeling sad and you don't want to feel sadness right now. Okay. What if you're looking for energy? How many times have we been told we eat something uh, to keep ourselves awake? Yeah. Maybe you're just tired. Okay. So once you've asked yourself... What am I hoping food will do for me? Once you've identified what else you might be feeling, what that emotional hunger is, then ask yourself, is there something else that would better meet this need? 
If the answer is no, the only way to meet this need is to eat, then eat. It's okay. Eating is not a bad thing. If there is something else that would better meet this need, do that. If you are feeling tired, if you are looking for more energy, go take a nap or go to bed. How many times have you gotten to the end of the day and it's like 8.30, somewhere between 8.30 and 9.30, depending on when you normally go to bed, and it's not quite late enough to go to bed, it's too early and so you find yourself raiding the cupboard looking for something as a pick-me-up you're not really hungry you're just looking for energy you're looking for something to do other than go to bed why not just get ready for bed and go to bed if you're tired go take a nap go to sleep if you're looking for something to do you're bored and I know I, I hear this a lot, especially those of us that are working at home these days. Sometimes the monotony just gets to us and we need a break from that. And so we find ourselves, you know, flitting from one food thing to another. I'm not really hungry, but I don't want to be doing what I'm doing. And I'm looking for something else to do. If that's the case... Engage in another activity. Try coloring. Go for a walk. Do something else that might better break up that monotony or get rid of the boredom. Now, let's say that you're feeling numb or you want to feel numb. You've got a lot of anger. You've got a lot of stress. Or you're feeling something and you don't want to be feeling it. I'm going to encourage you to just sit with the emotion. Remember, emotions aren't good or bad. They're not positive or negative. Some are definitely more comfortable and pleasant to feel, and some are definitely not. But when we sit them, sit in them, when we give them the attention that they want and deserve, they typically last for a very short time. Like when you truly experience the emotion, it's like 90 seconds on average. That doesn't mean it's not going to come back. But when we take the time to feel, it doesn't last as long as we fear it will, and it doesn't come back as intensely. Okay. So is there something else that would better meet this need? Yes. Okay, try doing that. If the answer is maybe, maybe there's something else that would better meet this need, but I don't want to do that, or I can't do that right now. Okay. This is where you get to put your big girl pants on and actively choose to eat. That's right. Actively choose. No more of this mindless grazing, get to the end of the chip bag without realizing where they all went. No, you are going to make the decision to eat to cope. And I know that kind of sounds funny because like, what? Trust me. When you actively choose to do things, it is really empowering. And then I invite you to be mindful and present while eating. That doesn't mean that you're going to scroll social media on your phone or your computer while you're eating. No, you and the food 
are in this together. It is you and whatever you choose to eat. And then because you're being mindful, you're better able to honor your fullness and stop when you are full, when the food has done its job, or if you realize, you know, I really wanted this piece of candy because I thought it was going to help me relax, but I've already eaten five and I still don't feel relaxed. Okay, let's not eat anymore because it's not working. Let's go try doing something else. I hope this decision tree flow chart is helpful for you. Put it on your fridge, put it on your computer, put it on your desk, wherever you're going to need that little bit of reminder each time you want to emotionally eat or each time you're noticing that kind of urge. And then just start asking yourself, am I hungry? And work through it. It's really, 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 really important I can't say really enough, really important and life-changing to let go of the judgment you have around food, emotions, and yourself. And that's where I can help. In fact, that's a lot of the work we're doing in Feeding Confidence, this close-knit membership that helps you trust yourself around food and like what you see in the mirror. We've got monthly topics to build confidence, to change your relationship with food and yourself. We have monthly live training sessions. We have dedicated time to practice what you're learning. And because I know things come up, we also have bi-weekly coaching calls and you can contact me through the Facebook group, email as often as you need to. I started feeding confidence because I was tired of seeing the false promises from diet culture. I know from my own experience and working with hundreds of women that confidence doesn't come from changing the outside. It comes from changing how we think and what we believe. Confidence is an inside job, friend. And you see, I just felt like it was time for something that breaks the mold, something that's different, that serves you in a different way. So if you're ready to break through all the diet BS and do things that work and feel good, check out the show notes for more information. In this episode, along with changing how you view yourself, your emotions, and food, I walked you through a step-by-step guide to do before an emotional eating episode. I hope this helps alleviate some of the guilt surrounding emotional eating while also giving you ways to still use food for comfort. Because it works, and it's ridiculous to think we'll never eat for emotional reasons again. I hope you found this episode helpful, and if there's anything that you want me to dive deeper on with this, or if there are other topics that you want me to focus on, please send me an email at info at sabrinarogers.com and let me know what's going to best serve you. And until next week, friends. I wish you well.